Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, April the 23rd, 2022. It is currently 3.32 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in. My plan for right now, remember, my my podcast is done live, so if you're listening to this at a later time, please understand that this is a live broadcast. You're just hearing the recording of it, but I go actually live on the air, so there's no opportunity to edit. There's no safety net. Right as I was going live on the air, my original plan immediately kind of got pushed to the side. Now, let me remind you what we've been doing. In fact, I will pull up the dates really quick right here. I'm going to pull up the Theology Central podcast on the Spreaker app. I'm going to go back. Let me see if I can find it here. If we go all the way back to April the 1st, 2022... April the 1st, 2022, and I say all the way back because if you look at all the episodes we have done since April the 1st, you see why that's all the way back as far as this podcast episode or this podcast is concerned because we do so many episodes. But back on April the 1st, 2022, I did a podcast episode entitled Sexual Violence in the Bible, Part 1. Sexual Violence in the Bible, Part 1. And the reason I started a kind of a mini-series on sexual violence in the Bible is because there had been some very disturbing news stories coming out about things that are happening within Christianity, sexual violence, sexual molestation of children, just some some really bad stories. And uh, some people were criticizing that one of the reasons the, one of the reasons these things keep happening in the church is because the church just seems unwilling or just refuse to talk about sexual violence, talk about things, horrible things that happen, not only in within the church, but even within the pages of the Bible. The Bible speaks of sexual violence. The Bible speaks of horrible things, right? Horrible things. Now, let me just, before I start mentioning any of them, just remember, obviously, in a podcast episode dealing with sexual violence, then we're going to be dealing with very mature themes. So if you have any children around, this is maybe not be the live broadcast to listen to or put in headphones, just so that, you know, we're going to be talking about sexual violence. So the Bible talks about things like rape, child molestation, uh, incest, you just, just horrible thing. Bestiality is even mentioned. I, I just, I got a news article just a little while ago about someone was arrested for, for bestiality in 2022. The, the, the horrible things that we see in our world today, the Bible mentions, talks about, either condemns, speaks of, and you've got all kinds of just Horrible things that happen in the Bible, all right? And and, and I, I think I said child molestation. Uh, I should say incest um, would be the, the more appropriate um, description from a biblical uh, perspective. I was thinking of a, a, a different thing. So I want to make sure I'm accurate here. Yes, I, you can see I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put this all together because, man. Mm. All right, you'll, you'll see why in a minute, because I got a disturbing news story here that I'm just going to have to, we're just going to have to talk about, and it really wasn't the goal. But we started talking about sexual violence in, uh, in the Bible, and the reason we started talking about it is because of some really horrible news stories 
that was coming out, again, about sexual violence in the church, child molestation within the church, and just other horrible things. So that I'm like, okay, nobody wants to talk about these very difficult passages of Scripture. Let's talk about them in the most direct, blunt way possible, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, right? And I tried to explain why sometimes you can't talk about these things from the pulpit and just just really trying to get into these these issues and have very blunt conversations. So we had made it to, we have done, we did three episodes. Today was part, was going to be part four. And I was immediately going to go to Genesis chapter 18. We were going to go to, we were going to start in verse, let's see, where were we going to start? We were going to start in uh, Genesis chapter 18. Was it verse 16? It's verse 20, Genesis chapter 18, verse 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. We were going to start having a, a long discussion about Sodom and Gomorrah, everything that happened there, the sin that was going on there, what happens with Lot and his daughters afterwards. We were going to, to start getting into some of those issues. But right when I was going live on the air, everything got messed up. Let, let me explain what's going on. I'm looking at a headline right here. I'm not going to give the name right now. I'm just going to say it this way. Church, a church, failed to report kidnapper and child molester for two years. A church failed to report a kidnapper and a child molester for two years. Now, when I say it that way, I think I'll get a universal like, what? That's insane. That that should never happen. They're probably not even real Christians. And just immediately we get, you know, we immediately want to get anyone who does anything horribly that makes Christianity looks bad. We want to throw them out of Christianity. So immediately we're just going to be like, well, this is horrible. This is bad. But when I put the name on this all of a sudden, everyone's attitude's going to change because the name is, this is how the headline reads, John MacArthur's church failed to report kidnapper and child molester for two years. This was published today, April the 23rd at 8.15 a.m. Now, that's a shocking headline. I don't know anything about the story yet, but that's a shocking headline. But this goes with other shocking headlines. John MacArthur covered up pastor's sexual abuse Witnesses say that was published on April the 19th. Oh, that goes to another headline. This was for March the 17th. John MacArthur's church supported convicted child abuser and pedophile record show. Yeah, that that is another one. Um, I could go on and there's a, here we go. Another headline, exclusive, John MacArthur shamed excommunicated mother for ref- for refusing to take child abuser back. Now, these are all the kinds of horrible news stories. We won't even get into everything that's happened with Hillsong uh, recently. I mean, we, I mean, there's just, just horrible things have happened in the church and with big news stories recently. Many of them dealing with sexual abuse, horrible things. That's what led to the whole dealing with sexual abuse in the Bible in the first place. That's the whole reason I even started the series, because here's what I want here. And let me just say this right now. Let me just say this right now, as I'm still trying to put all of this together. 
because I, I, I don't even want to read this news article, but I'm at least going to give us a basic insight here. There, there's like, oh, wow. But here's what I want us to know. I, I want you to get this point down, okay? Because I don't know why Christians, we, we are so unwilling to admit this. I know it goes against many people's theology, but you look, you can have all the theology in the world. Sooner or later, the reality around you should make you maybe question your theology that seems such in conflict with reality, okay? Here's the reality. The reality is the church has been, it is, and it will always be filled with broken people who commit horrible sin, And when we go to the Bible and we start looking at Bible verses about sexual abuse and sexual violence, we find the people of God, the people who may even be mentioned as heroes of the faith, involved in some very, 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 very questionable and messed up things. Again, we we talked about Abram and Sarai and what they do to Hagar. I mean, that's a messed up, that's a messed up story. We, we can play it down. We can try to pretend it's not there, but it's right there. On one hand, I don't know why we want to play it down. I don't know why, why we want to try to somehow paint over it. We should be willing to face it and embrace the ugliness found in the pages of Scripture because it demonstrates the reality. Even amongst God's people, we are broken sinners who do messed up things. That's, and I will start with the person right here in in front of this microphone. I am a sinner who has done messed up things. But we have this theology. No, 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 no. When you become a Christian, you're a new creature. Old things pass away. All things have become new. We don't do those things. See, that's what the world does. The world has problems with, with, you know, Uh, sexual abuse and sexual harassment and child abuse and pedophilia. It's the world. It's the world. It's the world, but not the church. No, we're the godly ones. We've got it all figured out. We we're the ones who have the right family structure. We do everything right. The reality is we are sinners that mess up. And the Bible describes God's people involved in seriously messed up situations over and over again. That doesn't excuse the behavior, right? The behavior is wrong. The behavior has to be repented of. The, the, the behavior has to be confessed. But we, we just have this mind. And so, so I think we, we, we want to pretend like it's not happening in our churches because we, we, are, we are so committed to a theology that says practically we're new creatures in Christ, the old is gone and everything is new. But practically that is not true because everyone still has a sinful nature. So clearly the old is not completely gone and clearly not everything has become new. That is true of our position. Practically we're all sinners. But when we have a theology that almost denies that, then we have to somehow cover it up and pretend it's not happening. But it's happening. The Bible doesn't have such a a false pretense. It's like, look at these people of God. Look at Abram and Sarah. Look what they do. That's messed up. Wait, what happened with Noah in the tent? Why was he drunk with no clothes on? Wait, wait, who got cursed? What's going on there? We talked about it. Wait, what happens in Sodom and Gomorrah? Wait, what does Lot do? And why is Lot considered a righteous man? Wait, what kind of craziness is that? And we can go on. Wait, the Bible says what? 
it we the Bible makes us face these horrible things that nobody wants to face. So in the church, we just leave out a lot of these horrible stories. Or we or we just find a way to to just we take the we take the edge off the story. We we almost in a sense we we try to. You know, I, I'm not supposed to mention Disney anymore since Disney's uh, the bad guy. Now uh, we we try to turn it into a Hallmark movie. Can I mention Hallmark or is that bad too? Okay, we we just try to turn it into the most family friendly version of the of the situation when we don't need the family friendly version. We need to be slapped in the face with the reality of the text. Yeah, I wanted to go to Genesis 18. I wanted to talk about. What, so what was what was the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah? Exactly what was going on? We we know we always know of one sin, but were there other sins? How do we view it and deal with it? Because it deals with sexual violence, it deals with 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 some some really messed up stuff. I mean, the the story is not there's nothing pretty about the story in any way, shape, or form. And the reason and the reason we're, we want to do this is because of what's happening. So let's just go to the latest story that's been released, all right? Here we go. We're going to probably talk about this in a separate podcast, um, but this is just so relevant to why we're doing what we're doing. I don't even want to read this. I do not even want to read this. All right, the story dropped. 8.15 a.m., April the 23rd. Headline, John MacArthur's Church failed to report kidnapper and child molester for two years. Now, we can go with the we can go straight with the assumption that none of it is true. You can go with that. That's fine. But clearly it's controversy. And, and if you go along with all the other reports I have here dealing with the issues, it's it's some messed up stuff. But let's go through here. In June 1982, Albert uh, Algreet a Sunday school teacher at John MacArthur's Grace Community Church confessed to, to a pastor at Grace Community Church that he had committed sex crimes against children. Now, I just want to stop right here. You know what? Whether we agree, whether we disagree with anything that's happened to Grace Community Church with all of the stories about Eileen Gray being excommunicated because she wouldn't take her husband, uh, take her husband back, who ultimately not only was abusive, but then was found guilty of sexually abusing their children. Uh, no, no matter what you, no, I, this is what I want you to take from all of this. No matter who you agree with, no matter who you disagree with, no matter if you hate the people reporting it, no matter whether you agree with the people reporting it, I don't care what you, I don't care what your conclusion is about the stories. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. Still, in spite of whatever is happening it just shows you that even within Grace Community Church, you know, the whole lordship salvation view that if you don't do this and this and this and this and this, you're not saved, okay? Even, even with that view in mind, when you, when you start pulling back the curtains, guess what you find in the church? Sin, sin, horrible reports of sin, horrible accusations of horrible sin from domestic abuse physical abuse, sexual abuse, and sex again, and child molestation, even within that church. Demonstrating that I don't care what your doctrine is. I don't, you could, you, because here's what happens. If, if some churches have sin in there, they're like, it's that easy believism. It's that, it's that, if they, if those people would really accept Jesus as Lord, it would, 
I'm so tired if we always think that if we come up with a new little twist in our theology, we're going to fix everything. You don't fix human depravity. Human depravity is there. It stays in us. We are justified by an imputed righteousness. We remain sinners with depravity, and that depravity will show itself inside the church, inside Christian families. It's going to be there. It is a reality. We shouldn't excuse it. We shouldn't ignore it, but we couldn't, we can't deny it either. And you can try to dress it all up and say, no, 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 no. Listen, everyone, when you become a Christian, we don't have any of those problems. We don't have sexual sins. We don't have sexual abuse problems. We don't have rape. We don't give me a break. It's inside Christianity. It's there. Uh, how long do we deny it? Southern Baptist, the Southern Baptist Convention looking into sexual abuse and sexual harassment and doing an investigation. I think that's already, I don't even remember how much money it's cost, but they, they have their own issues there. Nobody ever wants to talk about it because we are, Christianity markets itself that if you become a Christian, see, you become better than those. Now, we don't see it this way, but see, we're not like that, those messed up people in the world with their broken marriages and their, their child abuse and, and their divorce and sexual molestation. See, Christianity, we're better than that. But the reality is we're just as messed up. The church is filled with it. Again, no excusing it. We see that even when we pick up our Bibles and read Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, it had every, I mean, a man was sleeping with his father's wife for crying out loud. So no matter what you think about all of the MacArthur stories that have been published in the last three or four months, everyone's taking sides. When, well, I, I don't care to get into the sides. I just want to, doesn't it make you all stop and go, whoa, those are a lot of crazy accusations. If there's even a hint of truth, that means they put it there. There was enough smoke and going. There was enough smoke, even if there wasn't a fire. There's something was going on. And typically, if you have smoke, there's a fire. But let's not even let's just deny that there was a fire. There was an, enough going on that something wasn't right. I mean, obviously, one of the individuals, Eileen Gray's husband, goes to prison. He's found guilty for sexual crime against children. So let, let's not forget that. Clearly something was going on and he was a part of the church. So this story just, I just, it's just another, another, just another report. Just showing you, I don't care how godly the church looks on the outside. I don't care if we all dress up, wear suits, have ties, short hair, ever, nobody has any tattoos showing. We all look godly. We all look respect, respectful, respectable. We all look wonderful and great. It's all, you know, it's a husband and a wife and two children and a dog in a minivan. I don't care how wonderful we dress it up. We can put all the fig leaves on that we want. Underneath it all, we're broken, messy, sinful people who should be acknowledging our sin and fighting and striving against it. But I think sometimes we, 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 we think just covering it up is more the, the solution. But sexual abuse, these things are real in the church. All right, so here we go. In June 1982, Albert Algreet, I should say, a Sunday school teacher at John MacArthur's Grace Community Church, confessed to a pastor at Grace Community Church that he had committed sex crime, crimes against children. But for two years... Grace Community Church did not report 
A-L-E-G-R-E-T-E, Algrate's Algrate's crimes to police. And during that time, Algrate kidnapped a girl who managed to escape only by jumping out of his moving car, according to the Los Angeles Times. In spring of 1984, uh, Grace Community Church discovered that police were looking for Algrate the church then pressured Algrate to turn himself in, which he finally did in 1984. Algrate was then convicted and sentenced to 44 years in prison for molesting five girls ages 9 to 13 years old and kidnapping a sixth in 1981 and 82. So again, another person who goes to prison who was connected to Grace Community Church. All right. We have Eileen Gray's husband who goes to pri- pr- uh, pr- uh, prison. Uh, Al- uh, Algrate, he goes to prison. Now, once again, it just shows you that even within the church, there's sin and there's brokenness and there's ungodliness. When we read the Bible about sexual, sexual abuse and sexual violence, many are God's people engaged in horrible, sinful acts. Abram and Sarai are celebrated. How they use Hagar is pretty messed up. But this, but his story, which first came to light 40 years ago, touches on some of the egregious issues revealed in recent investigations by the Roy's report. Namely, the failure of Grace Community Church to report child abuse and molestation to police. According to multiple witnesses uh, and documentation, Grace Community Church failed to report Paul Gray's sexual abuse in 1979 and David Gray's child abuse in 2001. The Algreet story also highlights the issue of whether clergy are required to report confessions offered during pastoral counseling. As in David Gray's case, Al Greek confessed his crimes to Grace Community Church during pastoral counseling with Gray. Uh, his wife, Eileen Gray, also reported Gray's abuse to Grace Community Church outside of counseling. Grace Community Church fails to report abuse for two years. According to news reports, Al Greet first confessed some of his crimes during a June 1982 counseling session with then-pastor Richard Hines just four months earlier. Just four months earlier. In February, Al Greet had reported molested uh, a preteen. Al Greet in- initially told Hines in counseling that he was guilty of sexual immorality, the Los Angeles Times reported. But then Algrate admitted to having sex with girls, not grown women, and sometimes forcing them into it by pretending he had a gun, Hines told the newspaper. Now, this is all happening with someone in the church. See, you would, we always put forth this idea that none of this is happening. None of this is happening. But these are things that go on within the world of Christianity. Hines took Algrate to see an attorney after that first counseling session, he told the LA Times. In testimony at Algrate's sentencing, Hines said Algrate uh, agreed after the meeting that he should turn himself into the police, but Algrate didn't, and Hines told the LA Times he lost track of Algrate. In the meantime, the mother of the victim of Algrate's February 1982 attack was doggedly searching for her, or doggedly searching for her daughter's assailant, according to a report in UPI. The mother was looking not just for a man matching her daughter's uh, was not just looking not was looking not just for a man matching her daughter's description, but also for a brown Volvo her daughter described. Between 1982 and 1984, the women's family reported the license plate uh, of 30 cars to police. It was something we just couldn't let rest. The mother told the media. 
Then, March 1984, the woman spotted Algreet cruising outside a California elementary school and reported his license plate to the police. This tip led Los Angeles uh, police to ramp up their investigation and began looking for Algreet. Hines told the LA Times that about the same time, he noticed Algreet was on a list of potential Grace Community Church deacons. During his sentencing, Algreet testified that he had become a born-again Christian shortly after committing the last attack. He reportedly also taught a Sunday school class at Grace Community Church on fundamentals of the faith. After making the discovery, Hines said he confronted Algreet. Hines also asked a former police detective who reportedly attended Grace Community Church to find out if police were looking for Algreet. The detective checked and then told Hines that police were seeking him, the Associated Police reported. According to John MacArthur, who spoke to the LA Times after Algreet's sentencing in 1986, Hines then took the information Algreet with an ultimatum, you turn yourself in or we do. Algreet turned himself in on April the 11th, 1984, according to Associated Press, and eventually confessed his crimes. The Roy's report could not locate Algreet, who would be in his 70s now. He is not currently listed as an inmate in California's prison system and does not appear on the state's sex offender registry. Hines and another Grace Community Church uh, member testified during the sentencing hearing on Algreet's behalf. According to the LA Times, they reportedly told the judge Algreet turned himself in because it was God's will for him to do so. The Roy's report has repeatedly reached out to MacArthur and Grace Community Church to explain why the church did not immediately report Algreet to police, but no one has replied. We also uh, reached out multiple times to Hines, who was on Grace Community Church's pastoral staff for 17 years, but he did not respond. Hines currently is listed as the director of chaplain training for Only Hope Prison Ministries. All right. And then you can go and read the rest of the story. Now, and it brings up, it gives the timeline. So here's basically the way the timeline works. Uh, 1981-1982, Albert Algreet molested at least five girls ages 9 to 13. Uh, February 1982, Algreet attacks a preteen, one of the five identified victims. Her mother begins to dodge search for her assailant. June 1982, Algreet confesses some child sex crimes to Grace Community Church, uh, Pastor Richard Hines. 1982, Algreet attempts to kidnap another girl. 1984, preteen's mother sees Algreet outside an elementary school and identifies him to police. 1984, Hines confronts Algreet, um, noticing his potential Grace Community Church deacon candidate. April 1984, he turns himself in. So uh, he confesses it and he confesses his crimes in 82. He turns himself in the police in 84 and Grace Community never reported it to the police. That is the accusation that you can have all, you can debate it, take sides, because no matter how many of these stories keep coming out, everyone keeps taking sides and it doesn't matter. Those who are on Team MacArthur, he can do no wrong. Those who are on uh, a team against MacArthur, he can't do anything right. You can all take your sides. What I want to show from this is that it just demonstrates that even within the church, there is brokenness, there is sin, there is failure, there is, there is horrible things that take place. And what bothers me is that we seem so unwilling and uncomfortable to talk about it, even though we have a Bible, that as early as Genesis, as, as, as early as the book of Genesis, we have some, you know, we have some horrible things taking place. 
what, what, how, why is Canaan cursed? And what in the world did he do inside Noah's tent? We talked about that. We have Abram and Sarai. What in the world? Like, and how Hagar gets treated? Like, what, what is that all about? Then we, we come over to, from uh, Genesis 17. Then we end up in Genesis, uh, let's see, where do we end up here? Um, with Genesis chapter 18, and then we have Sodom and Gomorrah being mentioned and their grievous sin. And then we have everything uh, that takes place uh, in, 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 within Sodom and Gomorrah. We have that horrible situation. We have the situation with Lot and his daughters. We, I mean, we, we can just go on and on and on just through the book of Genesis. And people who are quote-unquote associated with God's people, who the Bible may even declare to be righteous, involved in sinful, horrible situations. And the, and the go-to excuse always is, well, that's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's different. We're not the same as them, right? Because now we supposedly are completely different. And now as Christians in the New Testament period, we're not the same as those Old Testament people. They didn't have the power. They didn't have the ability like we do. And it's just, how long are we going to continue to convince ourselves that somehow within Christianity, that we're somehow practically so much better than everyone else. And then one story after another story of this happening in a church and this happening in a church and this happening in a church. Just, I'll just, just another story. See, just another story that came up just a couple, uh, one and three churches will be victims of embezzlement. Experts say one and three churches, someone in the church is going to embezzle money. One in three churches. Now, that's not dealing with sexual violence, which would, this episode is talking about, but I just want you to see here that, uh, I mean, I can, I, can, I can go through all of these stories and it's just some really just absolutely messed up stuff uh, in these news stories that I have right here. It just, it's just horrible. And I can go from one story after another, after another, after another. But no matter how much it happens, Christians are just like, nope, 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 nope. It, it just, I don't, I, I just, I just don't get why we can't just be more open and honest. Christians are sinners. Christians are broken people. Living out the Christian life is a messy, messy endeavor because we're trying to live out we're trying to live according to a biblical morality that we can never truly obey because if we could obey it, that we wouldn't need Christ. We would not need an imputed righteousness. We could just be righteous enough. So we try to live out in practice what we can never hope to live out perfectly. It's always going to be imperfect. It's always going to be messy. And not only that, our sinful nature remains inside of us even after our salvation. We should not excuse it. It must be condemned. But it's horrible. I, I just... I, I just don't understand. I don't understand how they handled the, uh, the grace community, how they handled the David Gray situation. I don't understand. Um, yeah, and I mean, I could go to... I could go up to another story here. I mean... The, I mean I, I, you just go to the Roy, you go to julieroys.com. Julie Roy, now, as soon as I say Julie Roy's, people are like, she's this, she's a feminist, she's unco-. Attack the messenger all day. 
Okay, if that's what you want to do, by all means, go do that. But there's enough reports that sooner or later, someone's going to be like, man, and I don't even want to get into what, what should Grace Community Church have done, what should be done. I'm not here taking any sides. I'm just saying this just reminds me that within Christianity, there is sin. And you know what happens within the body of Christ? There is domestic abuse. There is sexual abuse. Children get molested. There is sexual sin. There's pornography. There is adultery. There is fairs. There's embezzlement. There's church splits. There is divorce. There is, you name it, Christianity is filled with it. We do a good job of covering it up with the fig leaves. Hey, look, 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 look at the fig leaves. Uh, let's see. Someone just said they just turned in a couple of minutes ago. I think this part is helping me process how to think about the MacArthur stuff. I've loved his stuff for ages and have a MacArthur study Bible. So finding out that he's shown a serious lack of integrity with sexual assault issue has been hard. Well, it, yeah. yeah and I, and listen, I don't in any one, I don't want to any, I want to make sure this is very clear. I'm not trying to be dogmatic here about, I'm not trying to make any dogmatic claims about what's going on. I've tried to be very careful. Now I've gotten attacked by people because there's no middle ground here. Look, I'm not going to be dogmatic because I don't know every little detail of everything happened. There are some things that we do know. I do know David Gray went to prison. I do know Al Great went to prison. I do know those two individuals went to prison. I do know that it seems like even after David Gray went to prison, John MacArthur's church still seemed to support him and Eileen Gray was excommunicated and they never lifted her uh, excommunication. There are certain things we do know and you're just like, what in the world is that? Okay, but here's what I know. Everyone in Grace Community Church, they're sinners. Everyone in my church, we're sinners. Everyone who sits in front of a, 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 a podcast microphone who's a Christian, they are a sinner. We're all sinners. We're all messed up individuals trying to figure it out. The problem is too many times within Christianity, we can't just be open and honest about our faith. We've always got to put on the fig leaves. It's, it's, it's what we do. It's like, oh, it's, you know, I'm a Christian. Put on the fig leaves. Let everyone see, you know, let, let's, let's cover ourselves up. It's just like Adam and Eve covering ourselves up, covering ourselves up because we don't want anyone to see our shame. We don't want anyone to see what we really are. Everyone's pretending. Everyone's pretending to be more godly than they are. Now, I'm not saying you walk into church and go, guess what, everyone? Here's all of my sin. I'm not saying that. We just need to have a theology that that doesn't, I mean, look, if it's a works-based system, clearly everyone's got to put forth their best works because if they don't put forth their best works, they're going to, they're going to, well, they're going to have to admit that they're not saved. But in a grace-based system, we should be more than willing to acknowledge we don't have it all together. We're all sinners and we're saved by an imputed righteousness, not by an infused righteousness and not by a practical righteousness. And we still maintain a sinful nature even after conversion. There's, we shouldn't be so shocked by it. But Christians love to sit on their high horse going, you, you, I, they're ungodly. They should be thrown out. They should be, and everybody wants to just throw everyone out. Everyone wants to be condemned. Nobody, let us make it very clear, okay? Again, that's why we're doing this study about sexual abuse in the Bible. Father Abraham Okay, had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. Okay, yeah, I shouldn't sing, right? Okay, but you get the idea. 
We, we, lo- we love Abraham, right? Father Abraham, he's wonderful, he's great. He's mentioned in Hebrews 11. He's one of the heroes of the faith. And him and his wife used a slave for sex to produce a child. Some will classify it as a rape. Others don't like that language, but I'm telling you, something's not right about that situation. At the very least, at the very least, he committed adultery. Now, some people say, well, 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 we can't condemn him for what he did. Okay, well, then then how do you, it's just funny, like, hey, those homosexuals in the book of Genesis, they're guilty. Okay, but then other people were like, well, we can't really condemn that. Okay, it's just, it's just funny, like, we pick and choose who can be condemned for what in the book of Genesis. Right. Oh, but I mean, that's some pretty messed up stuff. Even even when he didn't protect his wife, he's like, hey, I need you to go lie. I need you to go lie. Now, he may take you off with him, you know, because he doesn't think you're my wife. And, you know, who knows what may happen when you're with him. But at least I won't get killed. Even that, like, what in the world is that all about? Right. What is that all? And then Hagar gets you know, thrown out. It's like, what is the whole situation is horrible. Whole situation is horrible. And then, and then why is Canaan get, gets cursed? What is that all about? Well, again, we can just go through there. But then even, even once we get past that, I mean, Moses was a murderer, right? Not only was my, then um, do we have to go through the whole situation with David? Now, a lot of people say, well, David got his consequences. David get, didn't get to build the temple. I, whenever people say that, I'm just baffled. Like, wait a minute. So you think David, because he murdered someone, committed adultery, that, that this somehow proves how we should handle pastors in 2022 because he didn't get to build the temple. I'm like, you do realize who did get to build the temple, right? Yeah, Solomon, the serial adulterer, serial polygamist, idolater, He's the one who gets to build the temple. I mean, come on now. Come on. I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> and not only that, David might, may not have got to build the temple. He just got to write inspired scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Solomon, whatever you're, you're punished, he gets to write inspired scripture. So come on. All right? It's just like, on one hand, we just, we, we've got to find a way to just throw anyone out who makes us look bad. But at the same time, we just can't acknowledge all of the brokenness within the body of Christ. So I, I don't expect MacArthur to be perfect. I don't. I, I would hope that they could answer some of these questions, but they're going to choose to do it the way they want to. And who am I to say? It's a horrible situation. It's a horrible situation. So I, I wanted to talk about Genesis 18. That, that's what I wanted to do here. But as soon as I was going live, this I, I almost stopped the live broadcast. In fact, I did stop the live broadcast on Church One to start again. But at that point, I was like, well, I've already got everything set up to do sexual violence in the Bible. And I know this is really not about sexual violence in the Bible, but it demonstrates why we're talking about it. So really, this is just an episode in the middle of the series to say, keep looking at what's going on in the church. You see why we have to be willing to talk about the the sexual violence in the Bible? Because the sexual violence in the Bible, let me state it again, is typically demonstrates brokenness and sin within those who claim to be followers of the true God. 
Those who are believers in Jesus Christ are not exempt from the same brokenness and sin found with outside the church. There is divorce outside the church. There's divorce inside the church. There's domestic violence outside the church. There's domestic violence inside the church. There's alcoholism outside the church. There's alcoholism inside the church. There is sexual molestation outside the church. There's sexual molestation inside the church. There is rape outside the church. There's rape inside the church. There is fornication outside the church. There's fornication inside the church. There's pornography outside the church. There's pornography inside the church. There's adultery outside the church. There's adultery inside the church. There's lying outside the church, there's lying inside the church. There's uh, homosexuality outside the church, there's homosexuality inside the church. There is rebellious teenagers outside the church, there's rebellious teenagers inside the church. There's quote-unquote unsubmissive women outside the church, there's unsubmissive women inside the church. There's men who don't love their wives outside the church, there's men who don't love their wives correctly inside the church. Whatever the sin is outside the church, it's inside the church as well. Should it be? No, I wish it wasn't. Should we be fighting against it? Yes. Should we be confessing it? Yes. Should we be struggling together? Yes. Should we be hoping to bandage and heal and restore people? Yes. But we, 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 we can't seem to be willing to acknowledge the brokenness. We always want to put forth this front that we've got it all together. The bad people are, you know, the bad people are the people in the world. They're the bad people, not us. We've got it all together. So then the, the people who mess up, then in many cases are pushed, they fell outside of the church because we don't want them associated with us because you're going to make us look bad. We're, sometimes we're more worried. I think we're more worried about the perception and how we're perceived than we are the reality of who we are. The reality of who, who, hey, anyone listening, if you're not a Christian, let me tell you who we are. Broken, sinful people just like you. Our salvation is not because we're better than anyone else. Our salvation is because of an imputed righteousness given to us by faith because of God's grace and mercy. We are followers of him, so therefore we believe that his word does give us a system of morality that we seek to live out, but we will never fulfill the system of morality given to us because if we could, we wouldn't need the imputed righteousness and the death of Jesus Christ for our sins. So we have a a system of morality that we can never follow perfectly, but we don't let the world see that. Yeah, I... I did not even know there was another story on the Roy's report about this crazy situation with Grace Community. I, I'm assuming immediately it's going to be denied and attacked. Let me just do this really quick. Um, okay, um, I'm just going to... Okay, I'm just seeing uh, what the average argument against is. Uh, okay, and of course it's it's your typical thing here. It's typically uh, it, it's it's very t- typical that if you know if you're against MacArthur, then it's a, a chance to attack MacArthur. Uh, Someone says, sadly, the non-Catholic side of Christianity is, de- is devolving into the Catholic Church up until the 90s. Too many stories of pastors in greed or adultery, hiding crime, self-love via clothes or star power. The list goes on and on. I'm not the most spirit-filled person. However, I can see things as they are 
they are and avoid these evil people. Yet many of these churches fill thousands of seats every week. Why? Can't these Christians see this and go, yuck, I'm still convinced Christianity was never meant to be mega anything or a rock star anything. So now then it's a, it's a billion, it's, you know, now we're going to attack mega churches. Look, here's the thing. The chur- uh, this is what drives me crazy. The church has always been this way. It's always been filled with sinners. That's why when you go read the Bible about all the sexual abuse and sexual violence in the Bible, you see people that are, are, are so God, godly, supposedly committing horrible, heinous acts. I mean, Lot's called a righteous man. He offered up his daughters. I mean, that's a horrible thing. And his daughters get him drunk and take advantage of him. We'll, we'll get into all of those stories. All right. I say, but then someone else immediately attacks. Stop doing the devil's bidding. He, he is the accuser of the brethren. Uh, there are no perfect churches nor pastors. We're all sinners. Uh, so stop attacking churches. So, so here, okay, we're all sinners, but don't, we're not supposed to point any of these horrible things out. Well, that see, that goes to another extreme. Uh, so now everybody's in, in the comments, they're just arguing with each other, which of course, imagine that. Even when something horrible happens, everybody's got to start arguing about it. The main thing is, Children were sexually abused. Let's worry about the victims. And all of these fighting about the Grace Community Church thing, what ticks me off is everyone who emails me or wants to post comments on YouTube to take a side. It's like, what about the side of the victims? The children who were molested? The woman who was abused? What about the, like, we don't care about that. I'm either team MacArthur or I'm team against MacArthur. How about team, I don't know, victims of domestic and sexual abuse? Okay. I I think that, man, yeah, you can tell this story has really, this is not what I wanted to do today. This is not what I wanted to do today. But one thing I try to do here is I try to just... Okay, here we go. Uh, Okay, here. All right, here's the original story I'm reading here. Okay. Okay, so um, it's... Just so we add clarification to this horrible story, it seems that California law at the time protected clergy from reporting what was confessed in private. The newspaper articles linked from that time make that plain. May not be wise in all such cases, but no laws were broken. All right. Now, so in other words, Grace Community Church may not have broken a law by not reporting it to the police. So we want to make sure we have that clarification. However, you could argue, though, so wait a minute. Uh, does does the law have to, well, what should be directing the church? Should it be, what, what's our biblical uh, responsibility here? Okay. Um, all right. So, yeah, most people are like, well, it, there was no mandatory here. Okay. There was no mandatory reporting here.
So some people ask a good question here. Uh, this person says, I'm at a loss to understand why some churches won't report these crimes. The sooner they do, the sooner they can distance themselves from it. Why just do nothing and risk the chance of further abuse occurring? I do not understand this mindset. That's a good question. Why? Why? Why will they not report it? Um, and, and I mean, this, this just raises so many questions about sexual abuse in the church. I, I, we've talked about it before, so let's talk about. It. I, I know we're not. I know we. Not, I know. I, I told you this entire episode is not going to go the way we wanted it to go, but it's important. It shows you why I want to talk about all of these things in the Bible about sexual abuse and these horrible things that happen. Because if we if we are willing to if we see that it's happening in the Bible amongst those who are connected with the true God, then it should it should make it make it realize it make us realize that this is. This is just a reality, and we have to be willing to face it. Here's what I would say. Whenever domestic abuse or sexual abuse occurs, the church, when they become aware of it, you've got to go to the authorities. You just have to. But at the same time, going to the authorities is not just so that you can distance yourself from Look, the, 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 here's the thing. When the church becomes more concerned with its perception, how people will see you, how people will think about you, when you're more worried about how it's going to handle your marketing, that to me is horrible, horrible, horrible. Yes, we as the church, we don't want the world to know how bad we are, but that's the problem. We don't want the world to know how bad we are and just instead of being honest with how bad we are. We, we always are worried about how everyone's going to see us. What we, we're just a group of people trying to live out the Christian life and we're imperfect, messed up sinners. We just need to be more, we, we need to be better at that in our marketing. But I think many are afraid to report it because it's going to make us look bad. And that's just horrible. Some will report it because they want to get as far away. They want to wash their hands of the, the person who committed the horrible crime as, as, as much as possible. Here's what we should attempt to do. First, do everything you can to protect the abused. Do everything you can to protect the victim. Protect the victim, protect the abused. Those who are currently being abused, those who've just been recently abused, your first job is to protect them. Number two, do everything in your power to stop any further abuse from happening. All right? So protect the ones who've been abused. Do everything you can to stop any further abuse. Number three, yes, report so that you can accomplish number one and number two. And then number four, everyone involved. The victim, the abuser, everyone needs to still be ministered to. Now, when I say the, the, the victims, obviously that makes sense. The abuser, the one who committed the crime, we can't just throw them under the bus and say, well, we're done with you. No, we, they have to face the legal consequences for what they do, but they still need to be ministered to. They still can't just be abandoned and forgotten. They, they, look, the whole thing about Christianity is that God's grace is extended to the most undeserving. Now, that doesn't mean you cover up the crime and you let them abuse someone else. It just means that, you, that while they're in prison, you do everything you can to minister to them. You don't make them your prison, your prison minister. They need to be ministered to. You do everything you can to give them counseling, help, everything you can. Someone just posted... Um, 
A, a quote I heard from a sermon a series on abuse. It is never loving to help an abuser escape the consequences of their actions. If you love the abuser, you report them and have them experience the natural consequences of their abuse. Yes, but, at the, but then you don't forget them. You don't forget them. I, I, I've told the story before. To, the, to this day, I'm horrified, and every day I'm broken that, uh, that I feel so guilty in this particular case. But there was an individual who I, I someone who worked for me, uh, she was one of the, she, she was part of the um, apartment line. She worked uh, directly for me. She, she was a part of the worship team of a church. And there was another individual who went to that church. He, um, I guess he, he did like, he was like, a, I guess he worked with the youth. I don't know exactly all of his jobs in the church. He was kind of involved with the church. He finally leaves that church, goes to another church, but he remains good friends with this woman who works with me. And sometimes her and I would have these theological back and forth because it, she went to a charismatic crazy church. And obviously I don't like charismatic theology. And so sometimes she would call him and I would talk to him. I think one time I was at a movie he was at. So we never became like good friends. We talked uh, to each other on social media. We were, we became real. And I'm not saying good friends, but at least a good acquaintances online. Okay. So he, he goes his way. I go my way. We don't, we haven't talked to each other in years. And then it's, uh, it's, it's the night before Thanksgiving. I don't even remember how many years ago. And I think my daughter or someone opened the door and said, hey, did you see this, this letter that just came in? And I'm like, what is it? And it's like, it's from the Taylor County Jail. I'm like, whoa, I, I, I need to open that. Who would have be sending me a letter from the Taylor County Jail? And I opened it up. And that individual who I knew, well, that individual had gone to jail had been, had been, I, I don't know if he was in jail waiting for trial. I don't remember all the details, but basically for sex, sexual crimes against a child or children, plural. All right. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I can't believe this happened. Not, not like I'm better than him, but I just was shocked. And then uh, he basically said everyone had abandoned him. Nobody, nobody, he, he seemed to admit that he had done wrong. He, had, he seemed to admit that he had messed up, seemed to admit that he had done wrong. Basically, he said that, you know, everyone had abandoned him. Nobody would talk to him. And I was like, this is horrible. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to the jail as soon as I can get there. Next day was Thanksgiving. I did not even realize at the time the letter had been sent to me like August I don't know why the letter did not show up, but it finally showed up. I go to the jail. He's gone. I've yet to be able to find the man. Don't know where he is, but he, I, he probably felt that I completely abandoned him as well, which makes me feel sick to my stomach every time I, I think about it. But here's what I know. Whatever he did, yes, he should go to jail. Whatever he did, that should be reported to the authorities. And I completely agree that if you love the abuser who committed a horrible crime, you, what's best for him is the natural consequences and clearly what's best for everyone who was uh, victimized is justice being served. I'm just saying that the, uh, the victims cannot be ignored and forgotten, and the abuser has to be ministered to, administered to someone who's guilty of a horrible crime, but they cannot be forgotten. There's no sin that's, that's too great for God's grace. Doesn't mean we excuse it. Doesn't mean you have them working with children three days later. Not saying that. Just saying we can't forget anyone in it. Yeah, so this, this has gone completely a different direction than I even imagined. Um, it's just, hey, you go live, and when you go live, sometimes things change as you're getting ready to talk. So the next time we will go to Genesis 18 and look at it, 
right now, look, I'm not. I'm going to get all kinds of emails. Everybody saying MacArthur's innocent. You, you go, go fight that battle somewhere else. What I'm trying to show you is that even within the great Grace Community Church, the beacon of you know the church everyone should strive to be like, look at all these stories. Just crazy things happening. Horrible things going all the way back to the 70s. They're not perfect. Neither is your church. Neither is my church. Neither is your life. Neither is my life. We're all broken, messed up people. I don't want us to ever excuse that. Just remember, that's why we have a salvation by grace alone. Because if it's not by grace alone, there will be no one saved. And we're trying to live out the Christian life. Again, we're trying to follow a morality that we cannot keep. I'm, just, I'm left without words. I really am. I'm just, whew, I'm just, man. I, the church has to get better at handling th- these situations. And I just know this, as a church, you you get one shot, you get one opportunity to handle a situation, and sometimes you handle it wrong, and then you have to live with the consequences. I think, though, it's time to, to me, that that so much of these never-ending reports coming out about Grace Community, a lot of it could just stop. I mean, MacArthur has access to a microphone. It could just come out and just say, hey, here's the deal. We've, we, this is the way we've handled some of those issues in the past. Whatever your whatever your rules were, not reporting, reporting, why you just here's how we did it in the past. We made a change in this year or we haven't made a change. But now we realize just what this was our policy. Then this is our policy. Now we we and if and if you believe your policy has always been right, then just say it. If you believe your policy was wrong, then just say it. Just 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 say it. But they don't seem to want to respond. And, and some people say they shouldn't respond. Okay, well, then, okay, great. Don't respond. These articles are going to just keep coming out now. It just seems like there's just a no, no end to the, the constant. But it, it, remove Grace Community Church's name. There'll be another church. Well, there'll be another accusation. Then there'll be another church with another accusation. There'll be another church with another accusation. Another pastor with another accusation. Because we're all sinners. Again, not excusing anybody's sin. The reality of our of our fallenness has to become more of a reality in practice. We all know theoretically that we're fallen sinners. I just think sometimes it just doesn't show up in our practice. And again, we, we run around when fig leaves. We got to cover it all up. Nothing to cover up. We're all messed up. All right, I'll stop right there. Yeah, this definitely did not go the direction I I thought it was going to go, but that's okay. Well, we'll we'll definitely probably be hearing more about this over the next couple of days. We'll see. We'll get to uh, Genesis 18 as soon as possible uh, the next time, maybe maybe tomorrow afternoon. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, or you can discuss this in the Discord channel. May God have mercy on all of us because we're all sinners. Thanks for listening.